Peace and blessings, family. So I had at one point decided that I wanted to write a book and I couldn't figure out for the life of me what I wanted to do with this book after it was written. And now that I'm podcasting, to be honest, it makes more sense to do it here. <laughs> um, so the idea of the book, and I'll just kind of kind of give you guys the backstory. Um, when I was younger, I used to journal. And a lot of the time I found that in giving the person's name within my journaling I was still like hiding stuff from myself so not lying but kind of like sugarcoating shit and being passive aggressive even through my writing and trying to get through what it is that I was feeling so I wasn't getting anywhere and I realized that when I started writing to whom it may concern at the top of the letter it kept it semi-anonymous but at the same token I was able to just kind of like pour it all out so in the event that somebody did get the ha- their hands on my journal um, if they knew the backstory then they would know the person but if not this was just something that I was going through and the book was letters and lessons um, to people that I consider professors and at some point in my life I felt like Life was just kind of like a university. I was furthering the education of my emotions and I really wanted to get to the basis of things and why I was feeling certain things. And as I started to realize things about myself and go through the shadow work process, the lessons that I was um, learning a lot of and the more that I delved, delved into it, I realized that there were people who had a direct affect on my life. And I called these people professors because in teaching, teaching is more so like a uniform way of of getting a point across and getting somebody to understand something but in being a professor you kind of leave the the education standpoint kind of in the hands of the individual willing to learn the lesson like they sign up for this so you give them the platform in order for them to kind of get it like you give them the facts and then from there you just kind of like assist them in ensuring that they get it and I feel like that in what I was experiencing with these people um they were my professors they were teaching me without really knowing that they were teaching me and and that I found that the shadow work process with these individuals was just like amazing so the to whom it may concern letters became these chapters within this book and then I had become more clear with myself like the clarity that I had gained just from like life overall just felt damn good and so the letters went from to whom it may concern to just stories about times in my life so I thought that I would come to you guys and share that today just because they were sitting here and I just happened to come across them so I'm going to share two lessons with you guys so the first lesson is Mr. Jackson and the second is that the impossible is possible um the first letter is a letter to an ex-boyfriend of mine and the second is to my son so I'm going to um gift you guys these chapters so here we go So the chapter Mr. Jackson is about an ex and he was a friend before he was ever a boyfriend and I met him when I was 12 years old and I met him through a friend, um, Berger, hey Berger, and um, yeah, for seven years, seven long years from the time I was 12 to the time I was 19, this man had a huge affect on my life and an amazing man now, like amazing in just everything that he does and everything that he's doing um we don't talk every day or anything like that it's nothing like that it's just that we follow each other on social media things of that nature so we've been able to kind of watch each other grow and in everything I can just I can see how dope he is like he's a dope 
individual and our history has some some deep points to it and I think it's just because we were just doing shit that we had no business doing as kids and so in that it, it was it was a thing like it was just a really heavy thing like some some situations with us were just really fucking heavy um but this was this chapter and um it kind of explains itself so i'm gonna let you guys in on the lesson which is mr jackson i was 15 when my father gave me the green light to begin dating i met the love of my life he was taller than me and he was built like a basketball player i've always been plus size and at that age i was insecure this was before the glow up, so I wore things like drawstring ponytails and gauchos. I met him through a friend three years before then, so by this time, me and old boy were practically married. I had kissed him before the day, I had been on dates before the day, and I had had talks with him about it before the day. The day I'm referring to is the day he unknowingly took my virginity. I discussed with him weeks before the day that I was sexually active and I knew what I was doing, but to be honest, the only thing I knew about sex was whatever Pinky was teaching me. Um, I had kind of grasped the concept that sucking dick was a necessity before penetration happened and I knew to use a lot of spit. I knew I might have to ride dick, but I was terrified because I'm fat and I didn't want to kill him. I got dressed that morning, didn't shave because shaving my pussy at the time was not a thing, and put on my vest. A green shirt with an ugly ass texture to it and it had a collar and cuffs attached. Imagine like I had a white button up on under this ugly ass sweater. I put on some jeans that were brown and dark wash ombre and some Air Force Ones. The more I think on it, the more I fucking cringe at my fashion sense back then. He called my aunt's house to tell me that he was leaving soon and he'd be biking down the street to her house. My stomach was in knots and it wasn't butterflies. It was like bike locks in my stomach because I was not excited at all. I knew that I had to take my pants off and I hated my stomach. He said he liked me and didn't mind, but I just knew after today he'd go home and call his two friends on three-way and talk about how he fucked the fat chick. He got there, I met him on the porch, we hugged and I think we kissed. We stood in the kitchen, I offered him something to drink, and we went down into what would become the spot. I knew that having sex was a big thing, however, I more so knew that out of all my friends I was the only fucking virgin left and that shit was blowing me. I think about the reason I even did it that day, and to be honest, it had nothing to do with curiosity. I just wanted something to talk about at the cafeteria table. We went into the basement and began watching TV. Was no need for small talk because we talked every day. We laughed as we cracked jokes because he was the homie. One of my best friends, to be honest. I didn't know the pain that would come from this one day. Not anything that he did, but the pain I placed on myself by making myself believe some shit that wasn't real. The sex that happened that day wasn't anything to brag about. To be honest, it was kind of embarrassing. I gave him head in the corner of the basement. We had sex in the scene like in Juno where she straddled him in the recliner. I reluctantly removed my bottoms and he didn't think for a second about my stomach. He kissed me and I sat down on it. Literally just sat down on it. I didn't do anything for a few seconds because it burned so damn bad. I felt like my insides were perishing. I was dying. I wasn't really dying, but I felt like it. The sex didn't last long. I feel like he came pretty fast, and then we put our pants back on and finished watching TV. From that day, we had maybe had sex like 30 times at the spot. For years after that, him and I were inseparable while still leading two totally different lives. He got into relationships, yet we were still sleeping with, sleeping with each other. Um, and I was the one going to the girls and letting them know. I felt like he was mine, like I had to mark territory or something. Piss on my hydrant, almost. I don't know what my attachment was to him, but there was a pivotal time in our relationship that defined my true insanity for him. 
was 16. I was peeing more than usual and nauseated. I was really trying to shake the idea of pregnancy, but it was haunting me. I had bought it up to him and he admitted to ejaculating in me. I didn't know shit about ovulation or even the length of a cycle at the time. All I knew is something was off because I was getting my period each month for the last five years and that shit didn't come that month. I went to the dollar store and got a pregnancy test and I knew I would need a second opinion. It was positive. I nearly shit my pants. <laughs> I remember sitting on the idea of telling anyone for a while. I was big into journaling then. My dad was divorcing for the second time and I'm not good with change. By this time, I was in therapy once a week, and journaling was my only outlet other than my shrink. I talked to the pages via my pen for a few days before finally coming clean to my best friend at the time. After spilling the news to her, I told my sister. Through all of this, I had yet to tell the person who assisted with the creation of the child. I don't think I told my first love until I went to the clinic with my best friend's mom and knew for sure. I remember telling him, and it being more so a joke than anything. It was scary, but I felt relief knowing that I had him. For a minute, the only thing we spoke on was the baby. He asked if he was doing, how he was doing, he called it he, um, if we ate, etc. My dad by the time, by this time, wasn't too fond of my first love, but the asshole in him didn't care. The tables had turned and I felt like he was more so pissing on my dad's hydrant at this point. I went several weeks without any prenatal care. At the time, I didn't know it was needed. I was ignorant. All the more reason why my ass shouldn't have been having sex from the start. The lack of care started to catch up with me. I was in the gym one day at school doing absolutely nothing, fully dressed in my gym clothes and sitting on the sidelines. Previously, before then, I had had cramping kind of bad, but I just took it as pregnancy symptoms. The pain had progressed throughout the day, but again, ignorance is bliss, so I spent part of my day popping ibuprofen I kept in my bag. Didn't know that if it was the right thing to do, but however, I had zero adult supervision through this. I hadn't told my parents, nor any adult family, not a teacher, my shrink, no one. In the middle of the gym, um, my pain began making me feel like I had to poop, so I went to the bathroom. Like normal, I used the bathroom, and in the midst, I looked down and saw I was bleeding. I thought maybe I wasn't pregnant. The test at the clinic was a false positive, and clearly this was just a heavy period. I contacted the clinic from my crazer, because at the time that was a thing, and left a message with the doctor who saw me last. I wasn't 30 seconds back into the gym, asking my teacher for a nurse's pass before my phone rang again. The nurse sounded concerned and told me I needed to come in as soon as possible. I skipped school the following day and caught the bus to the clinic. I had an ultrasound done, and to my surprise, I had miscarried. 16 and miscarried. I felt a brink of relief aside from truly emotional pain. I called my best friend's mom who came and picked me up and took me home. I had no idea what was to come. Several weeks later, I was at my aunt's house when I got the longest message of life. It was my heart and he was breaking up with me. He told me he wasn't ready to be a father and he was sorry on top of some other things. My heart felt like a rock and it was in my stomach. The same stomach nestled above the now empty womb. Karma has a way of coming back on people. My dad had found out the matter and I had no idea. He called my mother who caught my aunt's house and now was speaking with me. The conversation was what you'd expect from a heartbroken mother. I didn't see my mother often during that time, so for her to receive a call from a man she didn't normally speak with that their child had not only been pregnant but miscarried was a blow to her chest. I sat on the cordless phone with my body on the steps leading up towards the stairs and I sobbed. These sobs turned into cries for help, which then became hyperventilation. I was losing my shit. It all came down like a ton of bricks. My aunt was yelling at me for having sex in her basement, and I still had to go home that night to a homicidal father. Soon after all this, my first love was back, and we began talking again. Um, this time, he was different. 
almost grown to be honest we were accepted to the same university and ended up living in the same dorm with only separating us five floors again the inseparability began and so did my codependency this man was clearly living his own life and i was trying to be a part of it one day i had a breakdown and he found me in the community room scratching at my wrist with my door keys that day was the day he gave me the realest conversation i had ever had with a lover he apologized for a lot and there was things he couldn't apologize for because he wasn't sorry like being there for me but not wanting to be with me when i came to the epiphany it happened he was just being my friend while i was trying to be his lover he had gotten a girlfriend during this time he had moved on from what we had and he was literally just my friend why couldn't i get it together it was me it was me and my low self-esteem throughout the entire time of us being together i depended on this man on making me feel like something in the beginning he fed into my bullshit but over time i found that he needed me to find myself he would check in with me and my mental he would reassure me that i was beautiful but he wasn't feeding into my bullshit he was just there through the chronic depression and mental breakdowns he would assist in my recovery but never fix the problem this man was the first hard lesson i ever had to learn with love that if a person truly loves you they'll go through shit with you but they don't have to put themselves in your shit in order to help for a moment i thought he was leaving me it wasn't abandonment he was strong enough to deal with me and everything that he had going on as well he was honest every time when i finally shook the idea of being with him forever we fell off we didn't spend as much time together and conversations on the phone had stopped altogether. We're both 26 now and we still keep in touch. Um, love is like that. We both know that there's a special place in our hearts for each other. It's not enough to be together. That's not the end all be all for us. This is a man that I know no matter what I can go to and receive the truth. That's one of the greatest forms of love you could ever have. Thank you for the lesson, Mr. Jackson. To be honest, um, that was probably one of the hardest chapters I had to write. And I honestly, I think that after this point and the letter to my son, which is what I'll read next, um, I found myself at a place of being, um, I guess, better understood. Like, I finally realized that I, at one point, was so fucking codependent on other people um, that it kind of stopped this process and started the shadow work process for me. So... Um, Mr. Jackson, you are, again, one of the dopest fucking people, if you ever hear this. Um, and I love you to life. And I really appreciate you for putting up with my bullshit for seven fucking years. And the codependency. No, you were not perfect, of course. And there were times where, um, you know, you, you did feed into my bullshit. But more so than anything, and anything that I can ever remember in dealing with you you were nothing but fucking honest and i did that i made it more than what it had to be young and dumb and just doing too much but even through all that you loved me and i thank you for that i thank you for just being there for me and allowing me to get my shit together and finally realizing how problematic we were for each other and in allowing me to think that I was being the bigger person and cutting ties you cut ties with me before anything um and then you just kind of let me like fake the funk until I got it <laughs> and now at 26 I get it and I get how childish I was and I get how fucking stupid I was and I get how dependent I was on you um but I thank you I thank you for 
never leaving me, especially in those suicidal times. And I thank you for just loving me the way that you did um, and holding me accountable for my shit. So thank you. So this letter or this lesson is actually a letter to my son. And this started a healing process in me in better understanding my title of mom because I was fucked up okay um I'll be honest with you guys when I first had my son I honestly didn't like him like when he when they first placed him on my chest I did not have that awe moment at first and I really thought something was wrong with me I was going through a very depressing time and I was just like this makes me a horrible fucking mom like I'm starting off bad like I'm fucked up and I loved him because I knew that it was like my responsibility to love him because I had given birth to him but I didn't like him and it fucked with me at first and I went and I talked to somebody like same day at the hospital like am I broken like what, what the fuck is wrong with me um and she just reassured me that one it happens like certain moms are like that but two um she told me that I probably needed to seek help past that and um it was just over time it was over time of just being a mom and dealing with my shit did I realize how fucked up of a parent I would have been had I had never gotten my shit together so um but now like after all of that and getting myself together my son has taught me so much in the almost three years of him being on this earth about the capability and the ability and the response ability that I have in life just to different things and how capable of shit that I really am like he is one of my biggest cheerleaders and one of my greatest means of inspiration and just honestly something that I aspire to as well because he's just so genuinely happy like he my son is just always happy and I love that I love that about him and he's so honest with his with his emotions and I aspire to that like it's crazy how something so much younger than me and so much smaller than me can aspire me to do so much and he just uh, he teaches me to just be accountable for what I'm feeling like to know and to express it unapologetically like my baby my son our son I call him my in this situation because I'm just speaking solo but our son um my son's father and I um we aspire to be like him and our son is just amazing my son is amazing and I love him to life um but this was the letter that I wrote to him to whom it may concern this wasn't supposed to be a thing they said the odds were slim and if it ever did happen it wouldn't last I was 17 in the GYN's office when the ultrasounds came back the scar tissue around my reproductive system was so damn thick the doctor looked concerned. I was in the room by myself when the doctor told me the odds of me ever having a successful pregnancy was slim to none. April of 2016, I was spotting in between periods and having some cramping that wasn't normal. Your father stopped past Walgreens while at work and bought them past the house. I took the manual one and it was positive. Holy shit. <laughs> I was in the middle of curling my hair. I took the second one, capped it, and hid it under my pillow until it beat. Positive. Holy shit. <laughs> I called my best friend and I told her the news and she just kept screaming, Bitch! <laughs> I'm 22 at this point, but I still felt like a child. I didn't know shit about being pregnant. I called your godmother, half sleep, her words were, It's gonna be okay. I love you and we'll talk in the morning. I called your father at work. 
Yo, I'm pregnant. What, yo? Your father replied. All right, let me take a nap and I'm going to call you back. I sat in my room, finished my hair, and waited for your dad to get off. He came past my house and we sat in the car and long story short, you weren't to be kept. Your father was not ready to be a dad. I was hurt. I was scared. I was a ball of emotions, but most of all, baby, I was pregnant with you. The months went past and you started to grow. Your father and I argued for months, not just about you, but about us. I wasn't established enough for him to be a parent and he was concerned about my ability to take care of you. Like he had no plans on sticking around. About six months in, I found out some things about your father causing us to split. My pregnancy was a horrible experience. I didn't do maternity photos. Your father wasn't interested in anything cute. My heart was broken and whole time I was trying to be strong for you. While you were forming, my heart was breaking. December came around and was close to your delivery date. December 10th came and my water hadn't broken after, I'm sorry, December 10th came and my water had broken after walking around for what felt like days. Your dad took me to the hospital and after 25 hours of labor, you were here. You were beautiful. So amazing. So big. 8 pounds, 13 ounces with a cry like no other. As we were preparing to leave the hospital with you, the doctors delivered some news. You had an injury to your shoulder and a hole at the top of your heart. Your father was crushed and I blamed myself. Your father and I were not together at the time and I felt like the hole was there because of the love that I was missing during my pregnancy. And the injury to your arm was the metaphor to the fact that I wasn't established enough to hold my own. I had an amazing support system and still felt alone. The months went by and specialist after specialist saw you, both of them truly inspired by your joy. That a child could be so happy. As you were learning things, you were teaching me things too. You would hug others only at five months old and pat them on the back. A sign indicating that everything would be okay. You would give kisses so warm that would melt my pain away. My dear son, you were my lesson in overcoming adversity. Even now at two, you teach mommy so much. You taught me that the impossible is possible. That sometimes creation gives you things when you think you're not ready to prove that this is what you're built for. Your father and I co-parent well. We agree that we're some kick-ass parents raising an, an amazing young man. You teach us that frustration sometimes comes from not being able to verbalize the hurt so you have to show it. You've taught us that innocence exists, but maybe the greatest gift you've ever taught your mother is that just when I thought that nothing breathing could love me so much, something did. Something does. And it's you. I push through obstacles for you. I fight my mental battles harder for you. I make money moves all for you so that you can have the world. You've gifted the greatest gift, the opportunity to hold life inside me. Thank you. The impossible is possible, baby. And you are proof. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I, my child just brings me joy. He just brings me great joy because, again, at 17, it was something that um, I thought was taken away from me. Um, having a miscarriage at 16 and then literally... Um, test after test and then finally getting a diagnosis a year later at 17 you come to the idea that endometriosis is just like a death wish when it comes to fertility and I don't know if anybody else has experienced that but it fucks with you like really bad 
at that point in my life, I hadn't even thought about kids. I was just so far past the idea of having kids so that I kind of, you know, accepted it. But as I got older, um, and just like even seeing younger girls having kids, I was just like, damn, like, I think a part of my animosity was also towards the fact that I thought that I couldn't do it. Um, so getting pregnant at 22 and then going through the complications that I went through the first two trimesters, um, but still all in all having a very healthy baby it just really it did so much for me and my mental and just the metaphors that came with that and me just understanding that like literally if I can do this I can damn near do anything and then the shit that I had to overcome like y'all if y'all only knew um but these were the lessons. These were two lessons from two very amazing professors in two classes of life in which I had to take um, both having to do with love, but two totally different calibers. Because by that time, in one situation, I was completely ignorant to truly what love was when it came to a partner and partnership. And the other was just an understanding that, listen, like life will prove to you what you are capable of in some of the craziest ways. Um, but these were lessons. These are lessons that I felt like I had to learn and they were given to me and I had no choice but to pass the class. And here I am. <laughs> here I am fully uh, passing both courses still within this course of life, trying to function and trying to get shit done. Um, but I'm here and I am forever evolving and forever growing and just thoroughly in love with the woman that I am becoming. So... I'll see you guys next week.